from India's largest newsroom I'm Arun George and this is the Times of India podcast In response to vegetarian students claiming that they were uncomfortable sharing eating space with non-vegetarian batchmates, IIT Bombay came up with a simple solution. The prestigious National Institute, which has students from across states and communities, created separate eating desks that could be occupied only by vegetarian students. There's no record of this having been done before. The latest decision didn't go down well with many students. some of whom staged a silent protest against this and from last so many day it has been noticed that the students who was eating non vegetarian food was purposely eating uh, the uh, the non vegetarian food on the uh, reserve seat which is there uh, for the uh, for the vegetarian student the institute responded by fining one of the students 10000 rupees for intentionally sitting at the table reserved for vegetarians to eat his non vegetarian meal a committee that investigated the matter claimed that some students were forcibly trying to spoil the atmosphere at the institute the decision to find the student attracted a lot of outrage it prompted some of the teachers at the institute to speak up in protest against the fine and the decision to reserve tables for vegetarians dr suryakant vagmore is a sociologist teaching at the institute and was one of those who publicly voiced his opposition to the grounds over which tables were reserved for vegetarian students In today's episode, he's in conversation with my colleague Bhavika Jain about the push by vegetarians to have their own separate spaces. He talks about why vegetarians are pushing back for separate spaces and why the link between caste and vegetarianism should never be missed. He also talks about the politics of vegetarianism, Sudha Murthy, and Rahul Gandhi cooking mutton with Lalu Prasad Yadav. Given this push for vegetarianism comes at a time when carrying or eating the wrong kind of meat can get you arrested or make you the target of vigilante violence. Bhavika started by asking Professor Suryakant about how we have traditionally segregated spaces based on food. Professor Suryakant says this push for segregation comes at a time when vegetarianism is actually declining. Segregation may seem as something wrong in contemporary form of urban life or modern life, but our society has in one way lived peacefully based on segregation. so segregation has been the order so unless and until we keep the other that doesn't constitute us away from us we cannot associate we cannot socialize so that's the nature of segregation in rural india even now much of uh, the living is very segregated right based on caste uh, largely and if this is altered in any way the ideas of segregation in terms of uh living in terms of space in terms of hierarchy there is also violence so because uh, rural spaces are supposed to be organized in a certain form a lot is changing of course and that is why now we are at a place where we are rethinking segregation the ideology of uh, caste definitely in various ways structures segregation and food is a major constituent of this mode of organizing society food based segregation especially in cities becomes an obsession of sorts and this also varies based on cities for instance mumbai doesn't have so much of uh, the sentiment of extreme segregation there is a lot of mixed living what we see is increasingly there is exclusion of muslims from housing societies and all but we see a lot of mixing amongst the hindus it's not merely a matter of caste you know if you have resources you know your class could help you get housing in mixed places also but unless you are a muslim 
the incident at iit bombay came around the same time another incident took place in mumbai a maharashtrian woman was told she couldn't rent a suburban office space because the building had a policy of not renting to maharashtrians aapne bola abhi aap piche mat ho jao aap abhi piche mat ho jao samjhe na to madam aap bade ho karke main lihaz rakh rahi hu aapka maharashtrian allowed nahi hai phone de phone de mata One of the implied things was that she was denied the office space because many Maharashtrians are non-vegetarian and the residents of the colony who were mostly Gujarati were not. Bhavika asked Professor Suryakant about segregation in cities like Mumbai which claimed to be more cosmopolitan. We had two incidences of segregation based on food preference in the last few days that we've seen. Worryingly, a city like Mumbai, which is so-called cosmopolitan in nature, we are seeing this issue uh, being raised again and again. Can a city like Mumbai really afford to be such a conservative site? I think city in itself means a cosmopolitan space. City is supposed to be inclusive, equal, right? The space of freedom, right? We draw the idea of citizens from city. So, uh, I mean, no city can afford to be exclusive. Mumbai is a city which is very mixed its history the way it's organized and structured it's is genuinely diverse as opposed to say a city like Ahmedabad you know Ahmedabad is like a big city with a lot of gujarati ethics that governs that city even the, the history of capital there organizes the city in such a way that all these factors of caste food religion are deeply into play which are not in Mumbai So, so what we see is there are pockets like Ahmedabad in Mumbai. So these two incidents that you are talking about, they also reflect, you know, what I say, the anxiety of vegetarians. So because vegetarianism in India, you like it or not, it's linked to the idea of hierarchy, and this hierarchy of food, it's uh, very graded. So if you are eating non-beef meats, you are not an untouchable. But if you are eating uh, beef, you become an untouchable. we have managed to bring in several forms of hierarchy there while vegetarians over a period of time have learned you know, in this urban spaces to live with meat eaters for instance even even in amdavad you see that a lot of mcdonalds have come in where they see they serve both chicken and vegetarian food so in one sense people are learning to live with each other what this uh, the story does not tell us is that vegetarianism in india is a forced sentiment you know we force our children to be vegetarian like there are multiple forms what you see is that amongst the castes that are impure just to uh, mimic the pure castes and kind of gain upward mobility they tend to become vegetarians that's another form but there is also this idea of being born as a vegetarian in various forms it's also a violent process because then you have to ensure that your child is not exposed to someone who eats meat to senses to smells which may be attractive and uh, not that this is majority of vegetarians it it is definitely a minority but this minority tends to govern the ideas of how to be a vegetarian right? it, this is this and, and it's a double game they could play the game of their vegetarianism being very good for environment they could use it also in terms of hindu nationalist sentiments and they could also use it as victims oh we are a minority but i think it's not such a simple thing right so it's very important especially uh, from you know looking at a city as a space of future which is inclusive and equal to look at the ideas of vegetarian which are militant which are about absolute closure which uh, we need to talk about and which should not 
in any form be encouraged because it's largely linked to sentiments of caste purity. So another side of this entire debate is that people who support food segregation often argue for the freedom of choice and the right to practice one's faith. So they definitely have freedom of choice, right? No one is stopping them from eating. But to say that you don't use the same utensil to cook vegetarian food. I mean, these days people have dishwashers. I mean, these are washed through hot water, hot steam, right? Chemicals. Now, it won't make sense to say that you don't use the same dishwasher. So, see, this is these are the elements of caste. Don't sit with me and eat. We are not organizing an intercaste marriage. You eat your food, I eat mine, right? So these are, uh, in various sense, primordial ideas of caste, and uh, which we need to debate. We should not, you know, uh, just institutionalize these things. When you speak about anxieties that you know vegetarians have around themselves, and which is why this manifests in the entire segregation, do you think it leads to you know creation of more ghettos where there will be limited social cultural limit? even economic interactions between people from one part of the city in another and how does this go with the development of the city? Actually, it's a very interesting question. So Bombay and Ahmedabad are like two contrasting examples. Ahmedabad is a beautiful city with all its, uh, you know, inherent biases, exclusions, and people are living with, you know, so vegetarians will not give housing to non-vegetarians. There is a lot of caste-based discrimination. This you will not see in Mumbai. See, India has had these phases, generally uh, with modernity and economic development. Uh, what we see in Western countries or other countries too, that the meat consumption increases. Because when you have money, you buy more meat. In India, see, modernization was also playing with Sanskritization. So as the masses that were not pure got money, they also mimicked uh, these pure castes. Because that helped them fit in with, with the pure castes by, by claiming vegetarianism. And what we also see is, you know, beef consumption has got drastically gone down amongst castes that were used to having with modernization. Because stigma attached to beef and so on. I think now are we, now we are at a phase where, you know, because of a lot of travel and uh, general ideas also moving around, people are questioning this whole sense of purity attached to vegetarianism. And uh, I'm thinking that in, say, uh, next two, three decades, meat consumption is going to increase, not only amongst pure castes, but also castes that were to seek purity becoming, you know, vegetarians. Now, this is going to cause a lot of anxiety amongst, you know, the vegetarians who have had this hegemonic power. And within this broad trajectory, uh, I think whether we become more divided or not, the cities become divided or not, there is definitely going to be a lot of discourse and debate around this. Because it's not so easy for youngsters to be said, oh, you know, vegetarianism is bad. And vegetarianism is very different from veganism, right? Because that is like the genuine form of concern where you don't want to push milk out of animals. You don't want to have a lot of cattle just for the sake of your own good. I think these debates are already coming in. It's not that we would be going backwards, but we are definitely in a phase of thinking more. And that has to be encouraged. For instance, in a city like Bombay, you have housing societies which come up with a temple. And then, of course, only a certain um, people from a certain community are sort of given 
space yeah. in those housing also largely this is also linked to real estate prices right the houses in those societies may be 4 crore 5 crores worth and obviously no other community may be able to afford that kind of housing so how does this sort of play out in economics you are pushing out people without saying that they don't belong there because the prices are only so so very high these are like you know enclaves people uh, choose right to kind of organize their communities around so this is also a matter of you can say choice right uh, and when you are from uh, a class or a group with capital you can do it well right? because if your houses are so expensive with 3 4 crores right and if you organize it in such a way that only a certain community wants to get in it definitely works to segregate right to kind of reproduce this whole idea of purity and kind of give a sense of protection to these communities in a city like mumbai uh the prices will go very high if you really want to you know have this very closed kind of societies uh, and it will be very expensive it's not really affordable and even if you have your own kind of space the surroundings around you would give you those sight the smells those senses which you don't want to, you know you may have to engage with this uh, and that's the nature of city uh, especially mumbai you, you you see that so that's what i say you know mumbai has pockets of ahmedabad where you see this i live in a place like this there's a jain temple and around this this idea is worked out that within this space you don't sell meat so so all of us have to go get our meat you know black quality things and all that stuff we work around that but there is definitely coexistence also you know the gujaratis in the society that bengalis and so on yes capital could play a role but at least in a city like mumbai it's not decisive if you have man- have money you can really have your way around what does these enclaves sort of do to the younger generation really does that keep them away from you know having a social interaction what does that do to maybe kids belonging to minority families in a in a society which which eat meat and majority don't there are more meat eaters than vegetarians that's why this whole rush you know now to have this space kind of continuously say that i want my space in the train i want my space in housing societies or you want a certain sense of sense smell how it should look and so on so there is more anxiety on the part of uh, this militant vegetarians actually uh, now what it means for uh, uh, non vegetarians if they are a minority of course they have to really redo their modes of living so for instance you would not cook fish that is smelly you uh, would uh, you know uh, eat out but if such freedoms are really affected you know one would also then think of moving to a place which is more open for the younger generation that cannot come out with its meat eating it's a kind of psychological violence when you're dealing with this kind you know when you cannot be what you are but it may also lead to conversation you know people may not take this kind of uh, you know uh, misplaced unscientific kind of reasoning as a good way to live right i think the violence of such form of living is worse on the vegetarian ghettos see because what you are cultivating is you are cultivating a sense of caste pride you are cultivating a sense of false ideology into something that is good for environment you know the basis of it is wrong and it is all of this is linked to uh, our notions of purity and pollution we cannot just you know say oh i am not eating meat i am 
and we cannot not look at the violence of it. You know? I mean, there are so many children who hide from their parents and eat meat. Parents know this, but they want to do this whole spectacle of them even now sticking on to it. Now, we did a study of uh, this Deshastha Brahmin Caste Association. So, so every caste association has some people who are like this cutter caste feeling people. We interviewed some, and if you eat meat, uh, you become violent. If you eat meat, you are bound to be sexually transgressive or something of that kind. You are not going to follow the culture and so on. Interestingly, in this association, they also moved on to say, you know, even if you are a, a non-vegetarian, a meat-eating person, but if you are a deshastha, you are welcome to the organization because they are realizing that people are not coming to these organizations. So if you are going to be very strict about uh, all these things in Mumbai, it does not work like that. Maybe there they can try and socialize you, try to teach you. So there is always this back and forth. People are increasingly also attracted, moving towards meat. So there is this cutter kind of caste feeling. You know, uh, like the, like the, who, who own the sentiment of caste, who want to protect the caste, right? Who, who will pressurize, push these ideas, right? So there, there is this you know, kind of uh, a process of exchange between these movements. Yeah. We're back in conversation with Professor Suryakant about the push and pull behind spaces for vegetarians. Bhavika asked him about his tweet in response to the controversy at IIT Bombay over the tables in the eating halls being reserved for vegetarians. In your own words, you've said that the Bharatiya vegetarianism of purity and segregation is a social illness. It needs to be cured and not institutionalized. Can you please elaborate on where this comes from and what, what is essentially are you trying to say? Food cannot be used uh, in in a hierarchical form, you know, to to govern distances uh, with others, you know, to kind of uh, segregate, to uh, uh, to continually reproduce hierarchies. That's the broad point I was making. Because and I, I, what I was suggesting is, we, we really need to sit back and distinguish our vegetarianism, which stems out of caste ideology, and have a conversation on it. If there are meat eaters who give up meat and become vegetarians, that's a sentiment which is genuine, where you have thought of giving up meat because it's not good for you, not good for environment, and so on. So if you have worked out an idea around But if you are forced to be uh, a vegetarian from your birth, and then you are also taught to get this false pride and notions about your vegetarianism being great because of caste, because that gives you intellect on and several other things. And you use this in daily life, you know, also in terms of hierarchies within your house, gender hierarchies and so on and so forth. Uh, this is something I'm referring to. It's not merely a social illness, but I think it's not good for our uh, mental health also. The case of attempting to enforce restrictions over eating spaces in IIT Bombay is particularly interesting given the stature of the institute in the world of Indian education. Professor Suryakant couldn't comment directly on the issue given his teaching at the institute. However, he did point out that in most public academic institutions, there is a middle path that has already been worked out by students and has been in place for years. If the leadership turns regressive and is trying to put in place uh, ideas and, and norms, which is about segregation, which is about hierarchy, it's it's not good. The younger folks need to need to experience equality and practice equality. That's the genuine idea of public. 
it, it should not be around saying that I don't want to see meat, I don't want to sit with meat eaters, right? And so on. So see, food is important because uh, around food there should be solidarity, and right? it, it it should construct uh, uh, an inclusive nationalism, not an hierarchical uh, social form. Academic spaces need to uh, be that space of cosmopolitan values of scientific temper. Right. And we see this in South India. We, we, there is no conversation around this. Of course, beef in and pork, uh, kind of not part of the menu. But I think that is being sensitive to the sentiments of caste Hindus and Muslims, which is a good practice. There is a middle path that we have already worked out. You know, let us not go backwards. Among those who inadvertently waded into the debate of food and caste is author Sudha Murthy. In an interview, she spoke of her fears and why she always carries extra food like poha and chapatis when she travels abroad. My pure vegetarian, not even egg. Okay. Not even lasan. Hmm. Oh. I don't eat lasan. Not even lasan. Okay. Huh. Mujhe dar kya lagta hai? Dono ko vegetarian aur non-vegetarian ko ek hi spoon use kiya hai. Wo mere man mein bhai, bahut takmil deta hai. She spoke. Of how one of her biggest worries was that a spoon in vegetarian food might have been in non-vegetarian food. Bhavika asked Professor Suryakant about the statement and how he viewed it. Sir, recently we were all outraging over a statement that Sudha Murthy made about you know how she manages her vegetarianism when she travels abroad. Does what she said really fall in her quote-unquote private space? Because then we all have our food preferences, right? Yeah, it does for Sudhamurthy. It does for a lot of people like Sudhamurthy. Because see, this is what uh, uh, their way of coping with the rise of meat around them. A Sudhamurthy 100 years ago would not have this problem. Because she would be meeting with her own kind. She would not be traveling much. Even traveling across seven seas, you become untouchable. You know, So you could not have done that before as part of our caste ideology. So Sudhamurthy and several others like Sudhamurthy are coping with, in their terms, the rage of modernity. You know, it's very violent for them. So she and several others would carry their cutlery, right? would not want to see meat being served to others. But they also have to moderate their sentiments. I think this is also a generation that is withering away. I don't think uh, Sudhamurthy's daughter, married to the Prime Minister of uh, UK, would waste her energies doing this in the United Kingdom. So I, I guess, uh, you know, cosmopolitan values that way... Uh, I hope overwhelm us instead of this regressive ideas of touch, pollution and, uh, you know, purity. Also, what does this say about us as a society? Is this also a form of intolerance? Because having somebody just sitting next to you eating their own food, I mean, you don't need to share that food, but you can at least let them eat their own food. Now, intolerance is an underestimated uh, term. You know, in a society where... Uh, Sex ratio is bad because of our religious values. In a society where we have moved from sati to now, we are even now trying to ban child marriages. Right? In a society where honor killing, just a few days back, there was a case of a ready father beheading her daughter for you know being in love with someone even after marriage. The collective conscience moves through these phases of you know being progressive and regressive, and and we are in that churn even now. Uh, so, so what we need is definitely a debate. We need to talk. Even now, uh, we are almost a developed country, you know, if you have to follow the popular narrative. But we run schemes like Beti Bachao. So, so that's the paradox, right? So I think uh, so yeah, tolerance is underestimating the problem and uh, you know, a, a collective zeal to 
look at most of these problems through the lens of reason and uh, collective good something that we need to think of together would be productive we've spoken about anxieties that possibly vegetarians have to sort of protect their culture or so called idea of culture so are these anxieties around non vegetarianism in india a fallout of the dominant political narrative with bjp coming to power since 2014 what we also see is there is a conversation within bjp and rss also so what has happened is socially the militant vegetarians have got a kind of assertive take on these things so so you see it on social media you see it on social life in mumbai no one would have ever said don't serve meat or don't it it's, it doesn't go with the marathi self food meat is very much part and and even vegetarianism is very much part of the culture but they don't clash now look at for instance you know rss has slowly backed kind of almost out of this radical vegetarianism narrative so this has been kind of delegated to independent individuals so it, it is not a collective narrative if you look at uh, recent uh, mohan bhagwat some of the uh, uh, comments right for instance he said caste is bad made by the priests and we have to kind of undo it one recently he said some of our uh, workers rss workers went to eat at one of the impure caste homes and uh, what happened there was they told them that you know this food is cooked in meat and you are going to go to hell for next 15 16 generations now so it seems the workers said you know it's okay if that happens to us because we have discriminated against you a lot see now there is some reason working you cannot get away with all of falsities and notions that have no scientific backup so there is this tension even within bjp of course so what you say i understand and agree that the sentiment is voiced more i'm sure the government also in its uh, layered form encourages it right and we see so much of uh, passionate funding to gavshalas you cannot have a full scale pure vegetarian assault on non vegetarians this whole sentiment of vegetarianism is a very pure caste sentiment it's not no something that is part of the masses therefore you see this back and forth even within rss you know it's they don't have an absolute position right which is going to say that you know all the rss workers do not eat meat <laughs> they have to close down rss there was this recent video with rahul gandhi cooking the champaran mutton mutton goat ka bihar se mangaya hai ha dal kitna dalna lalu ji do chamach do chamach sort of a messaging required to have political leaders normalize meat eating see rahul gandhi is a very astute you know politician i think he's really sat back and looked at the trajectory of uh, the rise of uh, hindutva and now he's at a place where he realizes it is only the subaltern anti caste politics that can serve as a powerful antidote to hindutva consistently caste census this whole discourse of this is very bahujanist discourse this is kanchiram's discourse this is bsp's discourse right it becomes fashionable with rahul gandhi which is okay right so so he is eating meat he is talking of caste census you know he's almost seems like yesterday he gave this uh, thing you know is there any obc here is there any there this was almost like an ambedkarite activist speaking which is good see this is the exchange we need you know because 
our society, the problem is there is no sympathy for the other. And we need more of this. This spectacle of Rahul Gandhi eating meat, it's also a way of especially performing for the OBCs you know, who are so attracted to this whole vegetarian Hindu discourse, right? To saying that, oh, look here, here is the Mandal leader who loves meat. And I, as you know, some Brahmin lineage also love meat. So there's nothing to be disgusted about, right? It's also a way of, uh, you know, democratizing sensory uh, ideas, kind of living with what you see and not producing disgust on towards meat. Today's episode was produced by Jairad Singh and Anuja Singh. For a daily spotlight on people, ideas and stories that matter, subscribe to us. We're available on TY+, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts and all other platforms of your choice. For any news tips, email us at toipodcast at timesinternet.in.